Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, Vibrant Church. How are we doing today? Come on. Sunday morning. I know you're glad to be in the house. Why don't you look at your neighbor, tell him you look great today. I'm so glad to see you. Now look at the person that you're second most glad to see and tell them that you're glad to see them too. Go ahead, go for it. I love it. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to echo what Cole was saying. Let's give it up like crazy for all of our first time guests. Come on, let's do it. Welcome to the family. All of our first-time guests and returning guests, thank you so much for being here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors. And we're we're honored that you chose to be at church today. On the final Sunday of the rodeo, you chose to be at church. Come on, somebody. It's George Strait or Jesus. You choose. Come on. All right? You chose right. All right? Glad you're here. I love it. Um, A few things I want to let you know about today. First of all, um, this week is going to be something really special. All my ladies, let me hear from you. The ladies. I think I heard a dude in there somewhere. That that, that was not your time. All right. So, but um, there's a ladies conference going on right here at the church Friday, Saturday. If you want more information of it, about it, just check our social media feeds. You can still register today. And so uh, there's a ladies conference. I believe it's Friday evening and Saturday. I'm not privy to that information. Can somebody give me a head nod? It would get, thank you. All right. Friday night and Saturday. It's going to be wonderful. Make sure that you do that. Today is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. It is baptism Sunday. Come on, y'all pump. That's the energy I'm looking for. I don't know where that was, but I was almost almost a little scared. Uh, Just a little bit. Uh, I'm looking for it. I love it. Um, We are going to be doing baptisms at the end of the service. And if you would like to be baptized today, it's not too late to sign up. Okay. So uh, right at the end of the service, I'll dismiss you. If you want to go be baptized, Um, Megan, where are you at? Are you in the house? Megan, she's probably getting everything ready for baptism. I'll have her stand up and wave her hand, and you can go with Megan. We have clothes. We have extra clothes for you. We'll baptize you in them. You can get back in the clothes you're in. Um, We have towels. We make everything super easy. Uh, We have a a hot tub over here that is 93 degrees. Come on, somebody. Like, might just dive in there for fun. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Uh, So we'll do baptisms at the end of service. And then finally, today is our last uh, message of this good book series. Next Sunday is a very special Sunday, and I don't want you to miss it. Uh, everybody say Vision Sunday. Next Sunday is Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about where we've been as a church, where we're going, what's next. We have something. We have a huge announcement next Sunday, like a a leadership altering uh, announcement next Sunday. Okay, I, I don't want to give it away, but it's going to blow your mind, and you're not going to want to miss it. Okay, so be here next Sunday. Uh, and then on top of that, we have one of my friends, Brandon Ramey. Uh, he works with One Child, where they impact children all over the world with food and education, and he's going to be here in the service. We're going to a great conversation about our missions giving and and how we get to get involved with what they do. And so it's going to be really, really great. So don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. So that being said, it's week number three of the good book. Have y'all enjoyed the series? It's been good. It's been good. 
I hope, man, I, I hope so. I hope that you have learned um, a, a bunch about it. Uh, before we dive into the message uh, really quick, we have somebody very, very special in the house today. He, they call this place home, but because of their ministry, they're not able to be here very much. Uh, but does anybody love Donna Michelle Babin? Come on. I want to invite Pastor Don to come up and greet you today. He's been around evangelizing and raising money for, he's a missionary for Africa, missionary to Africa, but he calls Vibrant Home, him him and his beautiful family, and we're just glad you're home today. Come on, greet us today. Amen. It's good to be back here at home, and I want you to know that we love you. We thank you for all your prayers. Uh, We just finished a water well project in Africa. And uh, we'll begin another one when we return. We're going to be going back to Africa mid-April, Good Friday, something like that. So though we don't see you much, we love you much. Though we don't see you much, we're traveling, doing what God's called us to do. Uh, Just last Sunday, we saw over 30 people give their life to Jesus. And uh, over 40 were healed. And uh, even people were calling in through the live stream saying, hey, I was sitting watching and I got healed. And so God's doing awesome stuff. It's a house of miracles like we were seeing. Yes. But uh, we have challenges that you're not familiar with in Africa. And one of the challenges we're facing right now is they're in a terrible drought in one region. And even their water wells have dried up. Wow. So there is no water. And so, and of course, with no water, there's no food. So we've been delivering truckloads of food out in the very remote bush, uh, just enough to keep them alive. But because of the drought and the wells have dried up, there's also no water. And I didn't know this, but uh, we were taking food and many of them said, we're too thirsty to eat. And even one of our church members died of starvation. Uh, because it's that severe. So we, I didn't know what to do. You know, I just say, God, what do we do about this? They need water. I mean, do we need to send a helicopter out there? I don't know. But if they're thirsty, I want to give them a drink. But we found some water trucks, and we've been d- delivering water to these people, like maybe twice a week, just enough to keep them alive. But, uh, but through all of that, God uses all that to build a great relationship And so we're either able to mentor them and we're able to reach more of that tribe. So far this year, uh, we've seen with Africa and what we're doing in the United States, over 700 people have prayed to receive Christ already this year. So thank you, Vibrant Church, for being a part of what we do, for supporting us. And please put us on your prayer list, would you? Because it really makes a difference. Thank you, Pastor. Come on, give it up for Pastor Don right now. Love it, man. You get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that. That's awesome. Vibrant, touching the world, man. This is is just awesome. Um, Let's dive into the message. So we've talked about the Bible. Everybody say the Bible. It's not just the Bible, but it's the, the good book, but it's the what Bible? The Holy Bible. You know, these first few weeks of the series, we've learned that it's separated into Old Testament and New Testament. There's over 40 authors, right? And and so they began to sit down and write the words of God. And if you take all these books and you cross-reference them, what you're going to find is that there's 100% congruity. There's no, there's no 
um, it doesn't cross with itself. It doesn't conflict itself. There's nothing that conflicts. And what's really interesting to me, probably one of the most interesting things to me is that all these people come from different backgrounds and different walks and different geographical areas. And they wrote at different times and different seasons to different audiences. And it's all congruent. It, it doesn't conflict. It, we also learned that there are multiple prophecies in the word and, and that when he began to speak of the authors and they, they write the actual words of God and, and they sat down to write it, they were predicting future events that were going to happen, right? It's one thing to get a book and people will believe in the book, but it's a whole other thing when you start predicting things because if one goes wrong, everything is wrong, right? And so what we found is there was 100% accuracy in every one of the predictions and the prophecies. If it, it just doesn't happen like this unless God is involved in driving the process. So what we found is that the Bible really doesn't have 40 authors. It has one author and 40 people held the pen. And that one author is God. And we also learned last week about the history and the um, science and how science truly, we're not afraid of science. Science just proves the Bible true. Right? We're not afraid of it. And if you didn't get to listen to last week's message, I want to encourage you. If you're struggling with faith and doubt and, you know, is the Bible real? Is, is it really valid? I want to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message. I don't want to re-preach that, but uh, go back and listen to it. It's, it's really uh, great information there. And so these people, they, they took out their lives and they invested writing this, right? Um, they, people have taken a test and, and they've reproduced it. And people have sacrificed their time, their families, literally at at points in the world, they've sacrificed their lives. Why? So we could have the Holy Bible in our hands today. Truly, us having this Bible is a gift. It is a gift from God. It is a holy gift. My question to you to kind of put a bow on this series, my question to you today is, we have God's word readily available to us. God's gift, his love letter to us. What are we going to do with this gift? What will you do with the gift? Some of you might be hanging out at church this weekend and you're going, man, I'm still not sure about this whole God thing. And I'm still trying to figure it out. Let me just, let me encourage you. Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What that means is you're going to struggle with doubt all the way through your life. Some of us will struggle with doubt until the day that you die, but his words will never change. So when you struggle with doubt, you can go back to his word. When you're on the top of the mountain, you can go back to his word. When you're in the bottom of the valley, you can go back to his word. When you're struggling with a miscarriage, you can go back to his word. When your marriage is struggling, you can go back to his word. When you're single and ready to mingle, you can go back to his word, right? Come on. You can go back to his word because his word's never going to pass away. His word is never going to pass away. Now, what this verse is saying is is that we spend, kind of the opposite side of this is we spend a significant time in our lives on things that are going to pass away. We spend a significant amount of time. I would say that's pretty accurate, right? Well, no, not me, Pastor Michael. I I don't do that. Let me just give you some ideas. I mean, you know, not pointing fingers, but just some ideas like reading the news. All right, no, nobody there. Okay, all right. Uh, what about TikTok? It's going to pass away. Facebook? I'm thankful for pay, Facebook. It, it, I mean, I, I work for a marketing company, so it pays my bills. Come on, somebody. But it's going to pass away. It's going to pass away, right? Video games, television, even going to the gym. 
I'm not against going to the gym. Some days I am. I, I you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm even the gym. Hey, too many people get their bodies right while their souls are in danger. The only thing that's going to remain with you is not your biceps. It's the Holy Bible. Come on. I mean, so my question is today is what are you going to do with the gift? What are you going to do with the gift? Psalm 119 and 11 is something that I, 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 I just keep this right here. This is one that I have ready. Psalm 119 and 11, it's King David. And he says, I've hidden your word in my, my heart. What King David is challenging us to do is to take it and literally download it. Conceal it deep into the core of who you are. At that point, you start to see transformation in your life. Too many times we read it in its surface level and we don't take time to download it. You know, when you're online, there's a difference in viewing the file and downloading it for keeping. You can view the file online and it does not affect the hard drive of your computer. But if you download the file, it's there. Too many times we just view the file and we don't download it and we expect transformation from viewing and not downloading. It's important that we download the file. I know many of you in this series have have stepped up to the plate and you've made a decision. Any of my paper Bible people, any of my paper Bible people, anybody, come on now, come on. That's good. All right. I encouraged you, go get a paper Bible. Somebody sent me, Johan sent me a meme yesterday. He was like, I, it, it was all the, like the pompous people. And it was like, oh, when the people, the paper Bible, look at the, the digital Bible people, you know, it's okay. It's all right. The paper Bible, I want to encourage you, get a paper Bible. I'm not against technology, but get a paper Bible. You've made a decision. I'm going to be a student of God's word, but this weekend I want to encourage you to be more of a, more than a viewer, but to be a downloader. Intentionally take God's word and download it. Allow it to transform you and change you and change you. And, and so we know this is what God wants us to do. You know, in Sunday school growing up, there was a song uh, as a little kid and, and you know, they would make everybody sing it in class, whether you could sing it or not. And you may know this song, and, and I want you to sing it with me um, uh, if you're well-versed in, in it right here. It goes like this. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the books for Stana, huh? The B-I-B-L-E. Oh, man, we got some church kids up in here. Come on. Some church kids, some of them Sunday school kids. Y'all remember when they used to call it Sunday school, right? They couldn't name that thing any worse, right? I didn't like school and I definitely didn't want it on Sundays, okay? Like, <laughs> amen, amen, sorry, I'll get back here. We're trained from a young age to take God's word, to put it in our lives, right? It's this B-I-B-L-E, stand upon the word of God. As I look at my journey as a Christ follower, can I be honest? I'll tell you what I see. I see moments of absolute consistency. I see moments of absolute consistency, right? You, I look back when I, I'm on a time when I'm hungry, when I'm reading God's word and it's changing me. Maybe you identify with that, right? And it's making you new. It's transforming you. Things were rich and you're growing. But also many times we have times of inconsistency. It's times where we're not downloading God's word. It's time where we're not setting aside in our day to allow God's word to move us and shake us. Many times when we do that, we lead ourselves to a spiritual desert that we don't know how to get out of when the door is right there next to us. 
Some of you might be here this weekend. It's been a long time since maybe some of you have been connected to God and you're just coming to church and you're doing all the things. Well, let me just tell you, when I get in those seasons, I have to dive into the word and let it change me. Here's what I know. Here's what blows me away, right? We know what God does when we dive into his word, right? He changes us. He transforms us. He makes us new. Our thinking gets straightened out, right? He picks us up above our circumstances, above our challenges. So we know that his hand is working in our lives. But the question is why, knowing that, why do we continue to neglect God's word? And I say that question with so much grace and humility today. I think if a lot of us are honest about our lives, how we've been living, I think the reality is our, a lot of our lives are marked with struggle that we create. We complain about the storm when we make the clouds. I think many of us are searching for purpose, why we're created, why God called us here and what we're supposed to do. We struggle with addiction. Some of us the same week after week, year after year, year after year. But the truth is, if we finally would just sit down and make a commitment to dive into God's word and let him change us and make us new, if we would meditate on his word, if we would allow the words to transform us and change us and be who God wants us to be, then we would find purpose. Then we would break free from the struggle and the challenges and the addictions if we would just begin to deposit and download. If we would begin to download the word into our heart today. There are four things biblically that the Holy Bible brings into your world. Four things. And I want to give you, I hope you're taking notes today. Number one is power. Everybody say power. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is alive. Everybody say alive and powerful, powerful, right? What I think we've got to understand about this verse is that God's word is not only alive, it's not only a living document, but it brings power in your world. So many of us struggle in the world that we live in today. We walk around without confidence, without knowing that it's Christ Jesus deep inside of us that gives us the strength, the joy, the hope, that gives us the ability to overcome, the ability to be who God wants us to be. And many of you are crying out in desperate need for God's power, supernatural overcoming power of God in your life. But it begins in the word. In the word, you cannot take advantage of an application on your computer if it is sitting in the view of your browser. You must download it and install it into your life to experience the goodness that comes with that application. We produce videos that we play here on Sundays. We cannot play those if we did not download the application in which to make those. You will not experience the victorious life that comes with living for Christ unless you download it and install it into your spirit. You cannot experience the power from the browser. You've got to download it into your spirit to experience the power of it. The second thing that comes with the Holy Bible in your world is healing. Psalms 107 and 20, King David, he's crying out. It says, he sent forth his word and he healed them. It was the word that made the first step. The word, his written word. You see, all throughout God's word, they refer refer to God as Jehovah Jehovah Rapha, which means the healer. 
He's the one that wants to come to you. He's running to you with arms open wide. And many times what happens is we sit there with bandages over our wounds when in fact Jesus wants to make us whole and new. Instead of of allowing God to make us new, we put a spiritual band-aid on it and say, oh, I'm good, pastor. I'm going to make it through. But in reality, God doesn't want to duct tape your wound. He wants to make you new. For some of you in this house, it might be a physical healing. I want you to know that he's the healer. I want you to know that he's a healer. Erica, where you at? I saw you come in a few weeks ago. Erica called me. She was just just sick, sick, sick. Said, Pastor Michael, I don't know that I'm going to make it. Can you pray with me right now? I was literally sitting in, a, in, a, in my truck in a hospital after I left from praying some, with somebody else. I said, Erica, I'll pray with you right now. Look at Erica. She's here today because God's working in her life. God is a healer. For some of you, it's an emotional or a relational healing. God's a healer today. You had a relationship or maybe it was somebody you were very, very close with and now it's fragmented, it's broken, it's splintered apart. You've walked away from God. God's word can bring healing in your world. He can bring healing. Maybe for some of you, it was was abuse that you've been dealing with. You've dealt with abuse as a kid, as a teenager, and you haven't, you just haven't allowed that to surface and it, and it just kind of bubbles up and you cough up stones and you say, well, no, I forgave, but then you cough up those same stones because you've just been putting a bandage over when God wants to make you whole. Healing, it's in his word. Number three, direction. Proverbs 16 and nine, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Guys, can I be transparent with you? There are so many times in my life where I I, I sat before God and his word and I said, Lord, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what's happening next. In fact, we were serving in a wonderful church and Carmen and I were trying to figure out what was next for us. And I was doing job interviews and I was this close to taking a pastor position in Chicago, Illinois. This close before we planted Vibrant Church. I mean, literally, I did a Zoom call where we talked about us moving up there and we're like, the thing was almost done. And the Lord spoke to Carmen and said, we're supposed to plant a church. And Carmen was like 100% against planning, planning a church. So I knew God had spoken, right? Right? I knew, but I had to go back to his word where he confirmed it. And look around, two and a half years in, he's confirmed it. He's confirmed his word. Some of you are asking those same purpose questions. Like, what's my next step? What is my direction? Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Do I move away? Do I not move away? Do I, do I marry this person? Do I not marry this person? Do I date this person? Do I, what, do we, what do we do? Like, the economy is crazy. Or do we have kids? Do we not have kids? I'm telling you, go back to the word. And the Lord will reveal your next steps. I can't tell you an exact verse that the Lord is going to reveal your steps right here. You have to follow his leading. And sometimes he's going to reveal, you, reveal your next steps in the most unexpected places. But he, he gives you direction in his word. And then number four is freedom. This church is built off of freedom. In fact, how many of y'all are going through Freedom Life Group right now? Freedom, freedom, come on, come on, that's awesome. Freedom Life Group is something we are built on, okay? If you have not been through freedom, I want you to do it in the fall. Like, it's a 12-week life group, and it will change your life forever. Anybody tell you, I'm telling the truth? But that entire life group is based from this. I didn't write the curriculum, Jesus did. Right? Right? He wrote this thing. 
Okay, Luke 4, 4 and 18, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Come on, I, was, I once was bound, but now I'm free. For recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. And what you see when you look at this verse is the exact reason that Jesus came to earth. Why did he come for you and I? He came to set you free. He came to set me free. He came to set us free from our addictions, from the things that hold us back from God's best for us. So many times we look at sin and when we fall, we just beat ourselves up and throw shame on us. I think I had a revelation many years ago when sin hits us and we, 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 we fall to temptation. I don't think God looks at us and goes, man, he did it again. What a dummy. I don't think that's the way God looks at us. I think God looks at us and says, man, that thing's holding him back from the thing that I want him to be. That thing is holding her back from what I want her to be. That sin, God's not beating you over in the head with shame with that sin. He's just simply saying, if you'll get past this thing, you'll discover purpose. If you'll get past this thing, you'll discover your design. If you get past this thing, you'll discover favor that no man could give you. But I'll use every man to give it to you. Come on. What do we do with this gift? What do we do with this gift? It's an amazing gift. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's so valuable. I told you last week, it's like the fine china. If, I to, if my house was burning down, besides my kids, the only thing I'd go back in for is this Bible right here and this little notebook right here. That'd be the only thing I'd go back in for. The rest of it can go, right? It's, 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 it's valuable. What do we do with it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go like super practical here. Is that okay? I'm going to give you very, very practical here uh, on how to study and get the most out of your Bible to close out this series. Because here's the thing. I want you to love Vibrant Church. And I, I hope that you do. I hope that you love everything that we do. But more than that, I hope you love this word of God. I wish I got a louder amen about that. I wish that you would love the word of God. It's got to be foundational. This thing's got to be, this has got to be your foundation. In fact, I talked with somebody recently that built a house and they said, we actually took our family Bible and put it in the foundation of our house. I was like, I don't know if that's safe, but I think it's cool. <laughs> they said, oh, we did in the garage, pastor. It's okay. I was like, all right, whatever, man. Hey, protect your cars in Jesus' name. All right. <laughs> How do you get the most out of your Bible? Number one, master the text. Master the text. Proverbs 7, 1 through 3. I'm going to give you some revelation here in just a second. Stay with me. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure the commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions and guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. I think we've got to, we, to understand this verse. We've got to take, we've got to go back and look at the context understand it for a minute. We've got to understand the Jewish tradition and Jewish background to really understand what this verse is saying. They literally dedicated their entire lives, especially early on, mastering the text. In fact, uh, if, if you had a young boy at a very young age, by, he would go to a certain school, right? And by the age of 10, your boy would have memorized the entire book of the law. The entire book of the law. By the age of 10, that's the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I don't know about you, but my kids definitely have all the songs of Paw Patrol memorized. And every episode of Bluey, praise God for Australian television. Uh, but 
how many of us, for that matter, have really dove in and began to study the books of the law? Forget memorizing them. Have we even read them? So they graduate from that level of school from ages 10 to 13. They go to another school, and in that school, what they do again is they dive deeper into what they memorized, and they become masters of the text. In fact, by the time they graduate, by the age of 13, they, they have the entire Hebrew scriptures memorized. So what we're seeing here in the book of Proverbs is we see that we're commanded to take God's words and literally guard our eyes and our hearts. You see a section in there that talks about God's word and, and, and trying, tying it to your fingertips. And it seems like it's really beautiful and, and writing them on the walls of your heart. But if you look back into Jewish history, what you're going to find is they took this very, very serious and very, very literal, very, very literal. They would literally write God's word. They would write who he is, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha. They would write the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. They would write the words of God on the walls of their home. Some of your three-year-olds tried that and y'all got onto them. Right? That's the origin of all those cute little signs you found at Hobby Lobby, okay? It's a Jewish tradition. They would write the word of God on the walls of their home. In fact, they would even take parchment paper. They would write God's word and his laws on parchment paper and they would tie them to their wrists so that everywhere they would go, they would literally have God's word with them. Whatever the Lord spoke to them from their memorization, they would write it, put it on parchment paper and tie it around their wrists. That's beautiful. They also had what's called phylacteries. Now, I, I know you're thinking, well, what in the world is that? But it's this like little leather box. And it had a strap on it. What would happen is they would tie it to their head and they would put God's word, they would write it and put it inside of those boxes. And what they would do is put this box right here on their forehead and it would protect their mind and their thoughts. Their mind and their thoughts. Why did they do those things? Why? Because they wanted to take God's word literally because it was serious. They wanted to take it everywhere they went with them. They took, they went and they talked about it and they learned about it. When they went home, they talked about it. When they're at the dinner, they, the dinner table, they talked about it. When they went to bed with their kids, they talked about it. Literally when they went through life every day, they talked about it. Parents, I cannot encourage you strong enough that if you want to raise Christian kids, talk about your Bible at home. If you want to raise kids that are going to be in the faith when they're 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, when I see parents that are legacy parents that are seeing their kids raised, I ask them every time, what'd you do? How'd you do that? Well, we talked about the word at home. We brought it home. It wasn't a Sunday thing. It was an everyday thing. Sunday's just a pump up, be with the family, worship together. But every day we're going to bring this Bible home because it's a gift. We got to master the text. It's important that our kids master the text. I'm not saying that you need to go home and make your kids memorize the entire Old Testament by the time they're 13. Uh, but if you want to do that, praise God for it. Was anybody in Bible quizzing back in the day? Any of my Bible quizzing people? Like, I, yeah, I did it for like three weeks. I was all in for like three weeks. It was great. Uh, <laughs> so what we're going to talk about right now is some practical tips about how to study the text. We know that we need to. We know that we need to tie it around our wrist. We need to put it around. You don't have to do that literally, but I'm saying you got to guard your mind and guard your heart. And so maybe you're like the study the word everyday guy. I feel like you're going to get something from this, but maybe you're like the New Year's resolution guy and you're done by January 13th. You're still going to get something out of this, okay? Tools for studying the text. There's four different ones. Number one, 
Choose a Bible. We talked about this a few weeks ago. If you want to know the differences between what uh, what versions of the Bible and what do they mean, what about all the translations, go back to week one of this series and I talk about all of that, okay? For me, I choose to study these three versions. The King James Version, the New Living Translation, and the NIV. Those are my three. In fact, this, I don't ever do this, okay? This is my study Bible that stays at my house by my recliner every day. I don't ever, when I travel, I don't ever take this Bible. I, like this right here, I'm really nervous taking it out of the house, okay? This stays at home. This is a New Living Translation. Inside of it, you'll see markings, you'll see highlighters, you'll see, uh, you probably can't read them because I got doctor's handwriting, but I, like, I write everything inside of this Bible because one day, I'm going to hand this down to one of my boys, okay? One day, and, and I'll probably write in this, and then I'll get another Bible, and I, you know, I, I We'll do it that way. Choose a Bible. I want to encourage you. I know it seems old school, but get you a paper Bible. Choose your Bible. Go buy the Bible. If you don't have money to buy the Bible, let me know. I'll buy it for you. Okay? All right? That's fair. I will buy you a Bible if you need a Bible. Okay? You just let me know. And then secondly, study extra commentary. It's really easy to read the scripture, Jesus wept, and go, oh, Jesus was crying. But if we don't understand why Jesus wept and how close he was in that situation, we don't understand the heart of God in it. Read some commentary. Dive in. Guys, there is stuff online. You can, hey, you can pull up your phone while you're studying and go, hey, commentary on Matthew 6. Boom, right there. It is right there. Get that commentary. And then the second, the third thing I want you to do is read the who, when, and why. Why did this happen? Why, why were they talking about this? Why did this, why, why, who, when, and why? But then finally, this is probably the thing that I'm adding the most to in this, is I want you to get a journal. This is, this is a, a journal that I have that I actually just recently, my wife kind of keeps an eye on my journal. And when, when she knows I'm getting towards the end of it, she just goes out and buys me a new one that looks, that looks good. So she's super sweet like that. Uh, but so I, I recently started my, my new journal. But what I do is every day, I'm going to write how I'm doing. I'm going to write how I'm feeling spiritually. I'm going to write what I'm praying about. I'm going to write the word. I'm going to write the, the date. I'm going to write what the word is speaking to me. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. I don't want none of y'all to touch this because don't none of y'all need to read it. Come on, right? right? This is the thing that just like, hey, this is not the one that like, this is just you and Jesus, right? And so I want to encourage you, get a journal and write this stuff out. When you start, you choose the Bible, you study the commentary, you read the who, when, and why, start writing what God is speaking to you. And what you've got to do to get there is be silent long enough to listen to him. Too many times we get at the throne room, we get in the throne room and at the feet of God and we go, all right, God, I'm just going to talk the whole time. And God, he doesn't get a word in. Lord, I want to, I want to stay silent long enough for you to speak to me. So, Guys, many of the messages that I speak on Sundays start right here. They start with God, God speaking to me, hey, the church needs this. Hey, hey, this person's going through this. You need to call them. You need to send them an email. You need to text them. You need to, hey, many of you in this house, I've reached out to you this week. It's because the Lord spoke to me in my time where I said, hey, God, what are you, what are you speaking? You need to get a journal and you need to write down. I, some of y'all's names are in here. I'm praying for this person for this particular need. I'm praying that the Lord would do this particular thing in their life. I, I, guys, in fact, I just wrote this up. I, I, I'm going to read y'all something personal out of my journal. Y'all ready? There's like three yeses in a hall. Carmen was like, yes. Give me, give me yes. <laughs> Tell me. Hey, Ethan, my buddy's in here. Hey, buddy. 
This, this is from my journal two days ago. Heaven is, not, heaven is my home. Why am I treating like this is? Heaven is my home. Why am I treating it like this is? Come on. You let the word of God speak into you. Right there, I can remember what I was going through a couple of days ago and the Lord spoke into it. And just his word healed me and freed me right there. He healed me and freed me. Psalm 42, one through two, this is where I'm at. As the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, oh God. My, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? David cries out and he says, when can I go and meet with you, oh God? The question I have for you today as your pastor is, when is the last time you just met with God? When is the last time, you? maybe you've been following Christ for a long time and you gave your life to Jesus, but when is the last time you met with him? And you didn't put a timer on it. You didn't say, well, I've got 15 minutes before my kids get up. I've got, I've got to go to work. I've got to do the things. What if you just met with God? When is the last time that you've been with him and you sat in silence long enough for him to speak to your spirit? We've got to master the text. But then the second thing, we've got to flip it and we've got to be mastered by the text. It's not enough just to have the information, but we've got to have the transformation that comes with it. Too many people focus so much on information and they get all the Bible and they're like, let me memorize, 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 but they don't get the transformation. And what you end up with there is legalism. You end up with man-made strength and puffed up Phariseeism. In fact, let me, let me read this to you. Matthew 23 and 27. Woe to you, teachers of the law. They knew it. It was information. Woe to you, teachers. Woe to you that focus only on information. And Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside. But on the inside are full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. See, Pharisees want the word applied to their life, not their life applied to the word. You know, as I was walking through this this week, a statement like that and a scripture like that is kind of, it'll put conviction in you. It'll put conviction in your heart. In Jesus' day, when people were buried, they were buried with big tombs, right? And several times a year, the religious leaders would do this. They would actually go out and they would wash these tombs. They would get water and lime and mix them together. And they would literally wash the tomb on the outside until it was white. They were called whitewashed tombs. So then you have Jesus, he comes on the scene and he's this Jewish carpenter, right? He's very controversial. There's a lot of skepticism surrounding him. And he comes in and he claims to be the son of God. Some believe him, some don't. But I love this passage of scripture because he says what he does. He says he looks at the spiritual leaders in the eyes and he says, you know what? On the outside, you got it all together. You're, man, you look great. Look amazing. 
you know all the verses, you know how to hold your Bible just right, you know how to sing the songs, I mean, you know how to lift your hands in church, I mean, you got to do the high raise and the middle raise, or you holding the TV, right, you got to, you got, you know how to do all the things, I can stand, I can, you know, I can, I know how to, you know, I know how to do all the things, but what Jesus is saying, as I peer deep into the core of who you are, on the outside, you're great, but on the inside, you're unclean. Because my word's not on the inside. It's only on the outside. You know, there's an old song. We're not going to sing it right now. It's our worship team. I didn't tell them this. It goes like this. says, Jesus on the outside. Working on the inside. Oh, what a change in my life. Church, let me just tell you, if you only allow the word to be on the outside, you'll never see the change that you want. If you only let Jesus on the outside, you'll never see the change that you want. Too many times we walk around this world and let's be honest, can we be real? We're real people here. Can we be real? We walk around and we live this life and and we, most of us could probably read that scripture and identify with what Jesus is telling the, the Pharisees a little bit. We're doing all the things, we're reading our Bible, we're, we got all the things just right. But when it comes to truly living a life where Jesus is in control, many times we're like whitewashed tombs. Whitewashed tombs. Here's what I know. I know that many of you have come into this house and you're on the outside, it looks great. You're putting on a show. Oh man, Pastor Ryan, I'm great. You high five everybody, you hug next. Man, everything's great. You get you a cup of coffee, you come into church and you're gonna go home and you're gonna lay your head on the pillow and you're gonna cry and you're gonna say, God, I'm so miserable. Why am I miserable? Here's what I know. I know that the God of the Holy Bible is here today. And he offers you power, healing, direction, and freedom. See, it's time that we not only master the text, but we are mastered by the text in the word of God. First John 2, 3 through 6, we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commands, whoever says I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we, are, how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. The only way that you're going to be complete is allow Jesus into your heart and allow the power, the healing, the direction, and the freedom that comes in his word. The miracles. Church, let me just tell you, stop living, stop living fake. Be real. Fake is over. Fake is over. It's time for you to be authentic. It's time for you to be real. It's time for you to be real. And what that means is it's time for you to go all in. All in with Jesus, all in with the good book, all in with his word, all in with the transformation that comes with the information today. 
Would you stand on your feet across this room? For some of you right now, you might feel like that's you. You're, you've got a whitewashed tomb for a heart. You've got a whitewashed tomb and you've come and you're bitter, you're angry, you're struggling with some things. Maybe that is you today. Would you, everybody close your eyes and just bow your heads across the room. You've come into this room and you're hurting, you're struggling, you're frustrated, you don't know what to do. If that's you right now, would you just let it be known by lifting your hands across this room? You're struggling, you're hurting, you're stressed, you're anxious. That's beautiful. Yeah. You need direction in your life. Let me tell you, the God of miracles is in this house. And what looks dead in your life will come alive in a moment if you will just hand it over to him and allow him to transform you. What I want to do right now, I wish every person in this house would lift their hands as high as they can get them in the air. And I want to pray over you. I want to pray a prayer that the Lord would bring power, that he would bring healing, that he would bring direction, and that he would bring uh, bring transformation into your world right now, that he would just, that he would move you, that he would change you. I want to pray over you right now. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we're so thankful for your word, God. Thank you for the gifts that you've given us. God, this series has been all about revaluing the gifts. God, revaluing the gift that you've given us. So today, I speak your word into their lives. I speak transformation. God, I speak that you would change the hardened heart, that you would soften the hardened heart, that God, healing would begin to happen. God, I pray power into these people's lives. Lord, that they would have joy that they've never had before, only because of you and because you're the God of miracles. I pray for the person that doesn't know what the next step is. God, I pray that you give them direction. God, let your miracle of direction speak into their world. Speak into their world in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now, God, for the person that needs healing, physical healing in their body, mental healing, emotional healing, relational healing. God, let them come alive again inside their minds, inside their hearts, God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and deliverance and freedom today. Freedom from bondage today. Freedom from bondage today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing today. Let's sing today. In the name of Jesus, come alive. Come on, can you sing this out? Come alive.
morning. We are gonna transition into a time of baptism for all the individuals that are being baptized. If their families could make their way over, we'd love for you to circle around and be a part of this moment. Give a second for the families to come over. Yeah, and if anyone still wants to be baptized, if you feel that right now, this is Megan right here. Megan, woo! Uh, come find Megan. Megan will get you set up with shorts and a t-shirt so that you can partake in that today. First up, we have Madison. Madison's when she was asked how Jesus transformed her life, it was, he has renewed, reshaped my entire body, soul, and mind. I've known he is the one, the only way for a long time, and I am ready to confess and tell everyone about my God. Madison, upon the confession of your faith and belief in the word of God, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus for remission of your sin. Arabella. Arabella said, he has made me more confident in praying to him when I am scared or don't know what to do. He's given me the strength to speak up when I see something that would bring a smile to his face. Next up, we have Noah. Noah, when asked how Jesus has transformed his life, he said, Jesus's unconditional love to me makes me want to follow his word and accept him as my Lord and my savior.
encourage you as we close out this series. Don't let this be a book that sits on your nightstand and develops dust. Let it be living and active and powerful in your life. It'll change your world. The God of power is in this house and is in your house.